You know about long COVID, but researchers are also investigating so-called long flu. A new study from the Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis and the St. Louis VA system found that patients hospitalized with the flu have a higher risk of death, hospital readmission, and other health problems in the year and a half after infection. This is Pulse Check. I'm Ben Leonard. Conservatives are employing new tactics to keep abortion off the ballot after a string of electoral losses this year. In Arizona, Florida, Nevada, and other states, several anti-abortion groups are buying TV and digital ads, knocking on doors, and holding events to persuade people against signing petitions to put the issue before voters in November. Republicans are also appealing to state courts to keep abortion rights referendums off the ballot, and GOP lawmakers in some states are working to raise the threshold for amendments to pass or reach the ballot. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy has taken a cross-country tour to reach college students in a bid to cure loneliness. He's challenging students to forge connections through doing things like expressing gratitude, offering support, or asking for help for five days. Politico's Aaron Shoemaker sat with Murthy to discuss loneliness, going sugar-free, and how technology doesn't have to destroy human connection. You can read the full Q&A online in Politico magazine. And the synthetic opioid fentanyl drove drug overdoses to record highs with tragic milestones that are defining the crisis. Politico Global Health reporter Carmen Pond joins me to explain the devastating impact of the fentanyl epidemic. Hey, Carmen. Thanks for being here. Hi, Ben. Thank you for having me. So this year, you covered substance use disorder issues really closely and particularly developments related to the synthetic opioid fentanyl. What were some of the defining moments of the year on the topic for you? It was a big year for fentanyl-related developments, although some would argue that not enough has been done in response to this crisis. So drug overdose deaths stayed at a record level this year, with the CDC estimating that nearly 110,000 people died between February 2022 and February 2023. The White House has been touting an apparent leveling of this number, but it still remains really high. And as you are saying, most deaths are driven by illicit fentanyl, which is a synthetic opioid that kills in very small amounts, and that people sometimes take without knowing because it's disguised into counterfeit pills made to look like prescription opioids. In terms of the defining moments, I will start with the most recent development, which is the House last week voted to reauthorize the Support Act, a 2018 law providing prevention, treatment, and recovery support for opioid use disorder. And in November, we had a really big moment when President Joe Biden met his Chinese counterpart, Xi Jinping, in California, and they agreed to restart cooperation on narcotics, which is very important when it comes to fentanyl because many of the chemicals used to produce this drug illicitly come from China. So if China does crack down on that trade, which is what they seem to have promised to President Biden, it could make a dent potentially in the amount of fentanyl that ends up into the United States. I wanted to mention two really other important moments is naloxone, which is this drug used to reverse a fentanyl overdose, became available over the country this year. And lawmakers at the federal level or state levels have pushed for it to become available virtually everywhere. And the other really important thing that was so happening is that a drug called xylazine, which is actually a horse tranquilizer, has starting to be mixed with fentanyl with deadly results. And the White House called it an emerging threat to public health in, in April and announced a plan to study it and to understand where it's coming from because it has never been used in people before. 
So certainly a lot happened this year. What are you looking out for in 2024? The first thing I would say is the reauthorization of the Support Act that I mentioned earlier. We have to see what happens in the Senate and what the final version coming out of Congress will be, what the novelties will be in response to the fentanyl or the synthetic opioid epidemic. I will also be watching to see what China really does as part of this renewed cooperation with the U.S. on narcotics. And another important trend to see is whether the number of drug overdose deaths starts going down, either because naloxone is more widely available and people use it more to reverse an overdose. And, you know, obviously one big issue is how this issue plays in the presidential election that we will have by the end of next year. So how much people care about this and how important it is when they decide who to vote for, for Congress or for president is going to be something that I'll definitely be closely watching. And I also wanted to ask you, because you covered this issue much closer than I did, which is the prescription of medication for opioid use disorder through telehealth. And I was wondering, what do you expect to happen on it next year? The DEA is working on rulemaking to essentially create what's the new normal post-pandemic for prescribing controlled substances, including buprenorphine to treat opioid use disorder post-pandemic. They've said in the most recent unified agenda that they expect a rule in December. It's unclear if that will actually happen, but they've pledged to get a rule out by the end of next year, in line with a lot of the other telehealth rules expiring. So this is one that'll be very closely watched. The original rule fell short of what a lot of public health advocates thought should have been done in terms of access. It only allowed for 30-day initial supply of buprenorphine to be prescribed before an in-person visit. So it'll be interesting to see what DEA does on this. That's very interesting. All right. Thanks for coming on, Carmen. Thank you for having me, Ben. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Kara Tabor is an editor for Pulse Check. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Bolton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Ben Leonard. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. That's Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.